Hi, this is Leslin from Try This at Home. We're talking about getting defensive, and this is the second part of that conversation. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. When your day goes south or your relationship gets salty, you need tools that will turn it around. With decades of experience and a variety of perspectives between them, Leslie Sleesman and Leslin Kantner bring you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating your best life. Together, they're sharing ideas you can take home and try. Each week, their discussion will zero in on one idea, one technique, or one activity that has the potential to make your life a little better. And now, here is Leslie and Leslin with Try This at Home. Leslie, how are you today? I am recovering from a very bad week. You know, I was when I asked you that question, it's such a, a rote question. And it's so automatic. <laughs> right. I know that your week has been a big pile of crap. Yours and too, quite literally. <laughs> well, in all fairness, we've had a lot going on. Yes. And so our poor listeners, we won't recount every last detail, but the truth is we're sitting here I'm I'm working hard at feeling really grateful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I am re I am really excited to have this conversation because last week when we were talking about defensiveness, we our comp we we spent so much time talking about it, we didn't get to finish. Yeah, we just split it into two. Yeah. yeah. So this is part 2 of getting defensive. So if you haven't listened to episode 14, yep. I want to really recommend that you just kind of stop now and go back and listen to episode 14 where we cover the first seven tips and tricks about on uh, getting defensive and we're going to finish that list today yeah so real quick let me go over uh those first seven so that we can refresh our memories for those of you who have listened to episode 14. so the first one we have is realize that everyone is doing the best they can number two is realizing that it is impersonal Number three is getting curious. Four is clarify. Five is pause. Six is stop defending yourself. Seven is relax. Right. So we gave you some really good ideas in those first seven tips. And today we're going to finish that conversation. After relaxing, so it, when, when we say relax, it's, it's really about um, the more stressed you are, the more likely you're re to respond at the end of the day, if you're feeling really negative, everything that you receive is going to go through that negative filter. So relaxing yeah. becomes very important. Definitely. The, the next tip is to try to figure out if the criticism that you're receiving is accurate. Uh, sometimes we're a little bit blind to the areas where we could do some work and Sometimes, so sometimes the criticism is constructive and they, those are spaces that we can grow. Other times the person's perspective is skewed and the criticism that we're receiving is actually inaccurate. Uh, so we need to discern whether the, the comments that are coming to us right. are accurate. And that's really this is the the part of it that I think is great if you're having an argument and 
there's something to be learned from the argument, which there is always, but especially if it's something like this where you're recognizing something in yourself that could be changed for the better, the likelihood that you're going to argue about this in the future is pretty slim Mm -hmm. if you're willing to fix it. And so it's really just, you know, I think an insurance policy on on not repeating the same argument over and over again, which, you know, everyone's been there before um, and done that. And it's very frustrating because you're like, oh, my gosh, we were just doing this. Why are we doing this again? Yeah. And we're going to have an episode about arguing coming up. Um, Yesterday in a client session, I've been working with a couple for a number of months and they were sharing a conversation they'd had over the weekend that got heated and she was she was kind of throwing something out at him and she she did an effective job but he had gotten very defensive in the past and all of a sudden he looked up and he goes you know you're right I shouldn't have done it that way yeah and she said the whole argument just shut down right there yeah there's nowhere else for it to go right because he didn't get defensive Right. It was pretty. It was pretty important. They were. They were kind of cute. Um, yeah, saying, "Hey, this stuff actually works." <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it is. It's interesting. And I think that kind of goes into suggestion number nine. Yeah. We have to realize that we're not perfect. We're just human beings, right? Yeah. Making a concerted effort to pay attention to the fact that we are both the speaker and the listener. Mm-hmm. We're just human beings, yeah. imperfect. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's going to be uh, an imperfect person on the other side, too, and keeping that in mind and just, you know, trying to be kind. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, I think that that's a good point. Kindness goes a long way. And we forget sometimes to come home and be kind. What do they say? You only hurt the ones you love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we forget that we need to be kind at home the same way that we are when we're out and about. Yep. All right. Number 10. What do we got? So be, be mature enough to admit when you've erred rather than to get defensive. And I think this kind of comes along with this idea of Remember, you're not perfect. You're going to make a mistake. And accepting responsibility for that mistake, mm-hmm. oh, super important. How and many... yeah, this is another thing that shuts our, you know, shuts the whole thing down. If you're, if you're willing to say, yeah, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I mean, what, what is your partner or the person you're talking with? What are they, where are they going to go with that? Yeah. I mean, most people aren't going to continue to rub your face in it once you've apologized. Yeah, yeah. Something as simple as being able to say, I was wrong. Yeah. We have, there's a few people in my family, if I end up saying that, they're like, what was that? I know. <laughs> yeah, my husband would probably say the same thing. <laughs> Can you say that again, please? I'm going to record you on my phone saying that, yeah. Um, <laughs> Which it, just goes to show how hard it is, you know? It's easy to sit here and talk about it, but when you're, you know, this is a skill that you have to work at. Yeah, I kind of remember talking about this at one point because the truth be told, my brothers and I have a reputation for not wanting to be wrong. Yeah. And, you know, to to be fair, I don't care if I'm wrong. I certainly don't know everything. I'm I'm at least able to acknowledge that. I (laughs) I don't know everything. But I, I know a lot about 
I mean, I know a little bit about a lot of things, right? I'm, right. I'm a jack sure. of all trades kind of person. And I think more than anything else, when I become unsure of what I think I know, I'm reacting to that. Yeah. Right? It's, it really has nothing to do with other people. Right. Or, or feeling like I need to be right. I don't ha I don't truly have a feeling that I need to be right. Yeah. But I do sometimes react to the fact that I'm feeling insecure about not mm -hmm. knowing what I thought I knew. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it does. I think that kind of, um, this is an example that's, you know, not perfect, but along the same vein. Um, I have a notorious, I'm, I'm really well known for hating public speaking. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had to do it on a couple occasions. And I'm not great at it, for sure, because I just get terrified. And um, my husband says, come on, what's the big deal? You know, you're talking about something that you know a lot about. And I think most people <laughs> that are not like me <laughs> probably do feel more confident and comfortable talking about things when they know a lot about it. Mm -hmm. and it and, and there is a lot of uncertainty and doubt and fear that creeps in when you don't know a lot about what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But that's where, you know, realizing, hopefully, that you're not perfect also comes into play. Yeah. And to be honest, I think... I, I, if I think back into childhood and not knowing an answer mm -hmm. um, was very nerve wracking for me. If a teacher called on me and I didn't oh, yeah. know an answer, I was embarrassed, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Maybe even felt a little bit of ashamed. And so I think some of that from childhood literally just seeped into the idea that I will feel embarrassed or ashamed today if I give the wrong answer. Yeah. I had a teacher um, in, I actually had the same teacher for fourth and fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And she would, um, we got, like our grading system was like one, two, three, and four. And four was the best. And we would grade papers, like switch with a partner. And every, so everyone would grade another paper in class. And she would go over the answers. And at the end, you'd get your paper back. And then she'd call your name. And out loud, you had to say what grade you got in front of the whole class. And I feel like, yeah, I, I remember being terrified even to get a three, you know, which is fine, yeah. <laughs> you know, but that, yeah, that's really nerve wracking. And if you think about it, our culture really reinforces this idea that being wrong is negative, right? right. For those right. exact kind of reasons. Um, I, I suspect if I'm thinking of, of a lot of the things that people have told me in the past, I think they're trying to change that a little bit. Teachers are becoming less focused on pointing out what the people have done wrong mm -hmm. and where mistakes have been made. But even the idea that they use a red pencil to mark up your paper right. and you hand back papers in class and somebody's has a lot of red all over it and how embarrassing that is. Yeah, yeah. So we're kind of taught to be embarrassed yeah. for being wrong. Yeah. No wonder we get defensive, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's okay to be wrong. And it may have taken me literally half a lifetime to figure that out. <laughs> but I'm okay with it now. I don't really care if I'm wrong. Right, right. Uh, number 11, super important here. We need to understand... The cost benefit of being defensive. We really need to understand what is being defensive costing you. 
There have been times where I've been arguing with my husband, and I have actually thought about this. I'm in the middle of arguing. I think, you know what, this is not going to end well. We're not going to talk tonight, and we're probably not going to talk tomorrow. And, you know, beyond, like, the the necessary communication that goes along with raising three kids. But, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll think about that in the middle of the argument. Now I will admit to you that sometimes I'm like, I don't care. I hope we don't talk for three days, you know, like... <laughs> There's that that comes in sometimes too, but um, I wonder how many households across America just recognize themselves in that. Yeah, I know I can't be alone in that. <laughs> Absolutely not. But but I I'm I will say I'm even when I decide that it's I'm gonna keep you know keep going and that's the hill I'm gonna die on so to speak. Uh, I'm glad that I I do recognize that there is a cost to this argument for sure every time you have a discussion or you know you're you're in the midst of something like this there is a cost there definitely is being really defensive means that your partner whoever it is that you're communicating with isn't experiencing and kind of a a free-flowing exchange with you right and Or if you hit a wall with someone who is defensive, right? Mm -hmm. There's a cost in maintaining that engagement. And the, over time, it erodes the ability to have any kind of communication, which if you're not communicating with somebody, then you're not building a relationship, whether it's your husband, your wife, your boss, your kids, If you're not communicating, you're not building a relationship. Yeah. All right. So our last one, number 12. I have never done this before, actually. Really? Making a list of your positive qualities. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say that we really need to do this for two reasons. Uh, And we need to do it almost in two different ways. So the first is, let's assume for a moment that you're the recipient of Mm -hmm. a lot of criticism and you're feeling defensive, the need to defend that. Yeah. Right? Maybe somebody has just said you're lazy, mm-hmm. but you know you're not. Right. Okay? So somebody can say you're lazy all day long. If you know that you're not and you hold on to that, then it's almost like you're holding a shield out in front of you for the truth. And this kind of goes back to really understanding whether the criticism is accurate. Right. Right? If you're uh, able to acknowledge what's true and remind yourself that uh, I'm not lazy. This is why I did what I did. I feel really good about that decision. Um, being able to kind of self-soothe mm-hmm. in those moments yeah. with uh, reaffirming your esteem personally, I think is super important. And I will add in here the asterisks for those like me who think their list is really short, that this is not about things that you are perfect at, because that right. list would be zero, because nobody's right. perfect with anything. But um, yeah, general things that you are good at. And there needs to be, what, at least probably 20 <laughs> on there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good point. When I teach the Elevate class, one of the things I do is I ask people, so when we talk about self-awareness and really being able to see yourself the way other people see you. I think that's super important because we're too self-critical, most of us, um, to just randomly see ourselves 
kind of in the world normally. Right. So I ask people to ha- to con- reach out to three friends and have them describe you mm-hmm. to you, right? Oh, that's that's great. And so you now have kind of a, um, an objective view of how you're perceived mm-hmm. by someone out in the world. And now that can be both positive and redeeming qualities, yeah, right? right. But I think it's super important. If somebody says you're always so kind, well, it, you may not feel like you're a kind person, but if right. you're perceived that way, there must be some truth to it, right? Yeah. Uh, I had an- another client yesterday said, I don't think I'm the same kind of friend to other people as they are to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it takes a friend to have friends. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you must be a friend to them. Yeah. And that's such an interesting thing too, because I remember um, a couple weeks ago, I was, gosh, this was probably actually a couple months ago. I was at a, uh, like a dinner thing with some people from our church and there were some new people there. I was with my husband and he, this lady was kind of asking us about ourselves and he chimed in and was like, you know, saying all these nice things about me. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I, I mean, I'm married to the guy, so he obviously thinks I'm okay, but (laughs) I remember thinking, I have never, like, it's been a really long time since I've heard him talk about me to someone else. Like, all the things that he was, like, proud of or thought were good and important, he, you know, was just heaping this praise on me to this woman. And it was, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I felt so good that he did that. And that's not something that we normally do, especially in relationships where we've been in them for a long time. That's that's awesome, first yeah. of all, that he did that. Yeah. And maybe even more awesome that you were able to receive that and mm-hmm. or observe that happening. Right. Eventually, when we talk about relationships, I hope you'll tell that story again because <laughs> it's really indicative of a strong relationship and esteem that's necessary between partners for healthier living. Yeah. Everybody gets overly defensive from time to time. It's it, it's really a big part of what makes us human beings. But there are negative consequences from being overly defensive. So we right. hope that these these tips that we've laid out over the last two episodes will really help you start thinking about not only your own defensiveness, but really just what's happening with someone when they become defensive. I mean, at the end of the day, if you can learn to be less defensive, your journey through life is going to be a lot less bumpy. Yeah. So the tip sheet that we have on our website outlines all of these that we've talked about over this episode and the previous episode and gives a little, you know, a little blurb about each one. And there's on the second page, there is a quote that I came across that I thought we could talk about for a minute. Um, And the quote is, don't be so defensive and afraid to be proven wrong that you miss the opportunity to learn from your mistakes. That's awesome. I think if I wanted to teach children anything Mm -hmm. is that, number one, you're going to make a mistake. You're going to screw this up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, no matter what it is you try, there's a really good chance, a high probability that you're going to somehow screw it up along the way, right? Yep. But that's the whole point. 
yeah. is that you make a mistake and you learn. And I honestly, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, and I'll bet you there are less than a handful of things that I've ever done that were perfect or, you know, 99%. Yeah, executed really well. <laughs> the very first time. Yep, yep. You know, if Same. we... Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. just from the moment that we... I mean, watch a baby try to roll over. <laughs> right? Yeah. They don't do it perfect the first no. time. Um, no. Or walking, riding a bike, driving a car. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, relationships... I, I, Kissing. I mean, I think about the first time I had a kiss. I can remember um, wondering if I was doing it right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, isn't that funny? We just, we have this expert, this uh, expectation of not making mistakes. And, and so we get defensive when we do it. And, and those are just really great opportunities. And it's so interesting to me that as a parent, you know, we expect our kids to make mistakes. That's just, you know, we know it's coming. And for the most part, I'm completely fine with it. You know, I, I expect for them to misbehave and we talk about the consequences and how to behave better and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's, you know, all we really want as parents is for our kids to learn from their mistakes. But it's so much harder as an adult to recognize that we should just really try to learn from our mistakes. That's it. It's going to happen. That should be the expectation. Just learn from it. You just said should. I did. No, I need to go back and listen to that episode. Which one was it? I, if we could come back to defensiveness, and again, I think it goes all the way back to wanting to please people. And if I see that somebody I care about or I want to be happy isn't pleased, I'm going to feel less than, mm-hmm. and I'm going to defend that feeling. I don't want it. So maybe it's a little bit about leaning into the feelings that happen when we experience being less than yeah leading into the discomfort yeah 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 Yeah. totally so i hope that you'll print out that tip sheet identify stay aware of and work to dismantle all of those things that create defensiveness Uh, print the tip sheet and study it Perhaps journal about those defenses that you're identifying, the challenges that you face and breaking them down. And of course, as we always recommend, if you need to reach out to a professional along the way. Yeah, great. All right. And that's our discussion for today. We hope that you will share this information with those people that you communicate with. And as always, we are super grateful that you took the time to listen. Next week, we're going to be talking about disagreements and how to win them. We hope that you will join us. Yes, I'm a pro at this. I should have been a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure we're going to talk about those disappointments. (laughs) But if you have any questions or comments, we hope that you'll reach out on our website, www.trythisathomepodcast.com. There you can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, and Google Play. Also, if you're so inclined, we would love a rating and a review so that other people will know what you think. For now, this is Leslie and Les Lynn, hoping you will try this at home.
All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.